If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, you guys. What's up, Sal? I want you to know that I would never... I love you, too. ...give you up, let you down, <laughs> run around. <laughs> give you up. Never Make gonna you let you down. Say goodbye, tell a lie, or hurt you. Say goodbye, I hurt you. Yeah, did you guys see me rickroll everybody never on my Insta give, story? Never gonna give, never gonna give. Did you see me rickroll my, on yeah. my Insta story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, Everybody forgets about the rickroll. Oh, it was beautiful. Remember that? That was the... Uh, yeah. It was like a, 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 a automated response. People were it was a thing an for a second. Yeah. Also, don't forget, in this episode of Mind Pump, hey! booming, boom, for the first 38 minutes. That was a weird way to make yeah. it. Bing, boom. There's a bing in there. <laughs> so bing, 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 bing. Uh, Adam talks about karaoke and the price each has paid for Mind Pump. Oh, Doug got that on air. Yeah, he put <laughs> I, that on I there. I thought that was me just bitching before. Yeah. The- oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Who doesn't want to see that happen? Listen, I don't want to sing as much as you don't want to sing, but I want to see Justin sing. I don't yeah. think that's true. I Trust me. I, I want to see both these things, so stop it. That's the thing, bro. If you sing, I'll sing. Uh, All right. Yeah, we'll throw our yeah, panties yeah. at Justin. Sweet. Then Adam talks about his Camaro. That's right, ladies. He's got the 68 Super Sport Camaro (laughs) that he doesn't fucking drive, but it's a hot... It's literally the car that I... Is that the only time people use bitchin'? Bitchin' Camaro. It's bitchin'. Bitchin'. It's definitely... Then we talk about the homelessness in San Jose. There's a a homeless person that lives in our parking lot. Um, I'm going to try and make friends with them. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on there? Give them some chips. Adam talks about using Ned before bed. That rhymes. Ned is full- Before you're dead. Full spectrum hemp extract. So this is, it's full of cannabinoids from the hemp plant. The ultimate cock block. It's got, that's right, because it makes him (laughs) relax and want to go to bed. Uh, We are sponsored by them. So if you go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. So if you're interested in trying cannabinoids and you want to try the legal version for most of you and you want to see how they work, Go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump. Then we talk about the Girl Scouts suing the Boy Scouts. What? Turf wars. What the hell's going on here? Uh, Professional sports salaries. We do a little speculation there. And then I give my input on the future of sports. This happens to be my expertise. Wow. Yeah, talking about sports. Sostradamus again. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, uh, what would we say are the best and most important vegetables to eat? Which eat vegetables, your veggies. Which vegetables are the most important ones to eat? We give our opinions. And, of course, we mentioned the Organifi Green Juice, which is a great way to supplement your vegetable intake. It's packed full of chlorella, spirulina, and adaptogens like ashwagandha. Yeah. Wheatgrass, uh, all that fun stuff. It tastes actually pretty good, too. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. The next question was, look, if circuit training sends the wrong signal to your body, then why do we see these CrossFit athletes that are all super buffed and muscular? What's the deal? Uh, are What's you guys lying? Uh, so we talk about that a little bit, and Justin goes off on CrossFit <laughs> a little bit. I, 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 I'm not even going to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it doubles down. Yeah. <laughs> the, next, the next question was, uh, when should you do a superset, and what type of superset is best and for what reason supersets are when you combine two exercises back to back for a particular goal we love using supersets in the third and fourth phases of our maps programs we break down the science in that part of this episode and the last question have any of us ever gone through a period where we lost our passion and motivation 
for working out and any advice on getting it back. I tell you what, if you're unmotivated right now and you hate working out, invest in a MAPS program. Uh, they are phenomenal. It's expert exercise programming. In fact, somebody really smart made those. This month, it's pretty much planned out. Maps Anywhere is 50% off. So, Maps Anywhere is a program that you it teaches you how to train without equipment. All you need are resistance bands and your body. That's why it's called Anywhere. You can do it anywhere. The workouts are phenomenal and they can be very advanced. So, don't fool yourself if you think you're mm. too fit for an equipment free workout. Try the Anywhere workouts. And watch what happens. Anyway, we redid the whole program, reshot all the videos, put new blueprints in there. Uh, it looks beautiful, and it's also fifty percent off all month long. Here's what you got to do to get the program: go to MapsWhite.com and use the code White50, W H I T E number fifty, no space at checkout for fifty percent off. Go check it out. If this is it, this is it. Please let me Hey, I just know. want you to, I just want you to know that like I'm like I'm the guy who does like is open to putting himself out there all the time and this whole singing idea of karaoke is like a total fuck you Adam. <laughs> Put me on the sp- and I'm like, "Okay, cool, I'm down for that, but just know We're you gonna- better step the fuck up when I'm like, "Hey, I want to go fucking all of us go bowling or do a sport and you better not 100%. fucking You talking to me? Yes, I'm yeah, talking yeah, to yeah. you. Mr. Slow-mo. I'm talking to you. Slow mo of the mic. Just, Justin's done his transformation, put his fat belly out there. I put there. my fatness out I got there on, on blast. I got on stage and pranced around in a fucking mankini. You. you know what I'm you. saying? And we're coming at you, Sal. Became a mobility guy after I didn't know what the fuck anything about that. I want like, Sal to learn like something. I think we sh- he has, should have to wait, do you really, race. Wait, hold on. Sports. You really think that I'm comfortable with singing at a at karaoke? I think you're a lot more comfortable than I am. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm not. I guarantee you. <laughs> no are. way. The only reason why I want to do it, first of all, is I want to see Justin in his element because that's see you guys. beautiful. Yeah. And we'll be that's drunk. Beautiful. And we'll be drunk. And it'll be and that's why it'll be funny. That's true. But no, dude, I'm not comfortable getting on. I've never done anything like that in my life. Dude, it's not. A, it's not about you being less, more, more comfortable. It's the fact that it's you're putting me in the least comfortable position. Is, I can not, is that really the worst thing for you? It would be up there for us to go sing. It could be up there. Yeah, really. I, I can't we think don't of. Have to. We don't I have can't to think of something. No, I'm down. Oh, okay. I'm fucking sport like that, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm game. Yeah, okay. let's let's do this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just want to see Justin rock out, man. Oh yeah. I, I thought that would I can't be. Wait. Oh. Uh, it's way too much I think fun. That like, would in be my so funny. I mean, I keep playing it. I out. mean, standing- I think we, we, as far as media is concerned, let's be quite honest. We're going to get very little of you and I, Adam. That would be usable. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. No, about you know that. why? It'd there's a like- there's a certain amount of like that looks. Oh my god, that's terrible and funny. And then right. after about three five seconds, people will want to change. <laughs> So I don't think I think Some it's people gonna, like train wrecks. Most though, of yeah. it will be most of it will be Justin yeah. just being sexy. Bro, yeah. you you can try and you can try and wrap Rower. this up as much as you possibly can no and try and sell it fucking <laughs> at the end of the day, the onslaught of shit I'm going to get is going to be uh, it's going to be just as bad when I have to stand on stage half naked and people look judge my calves. Like it's just as bad, dude. <laughs> it's yeah. putting yourself out there. That's what it is. Oh yeah, it, it is, makes you guys feel bad. I'll put that picture out again where you're like grabbing my nipple and I'm fucking you know, like super fat. <laughs> What's the sound that that picture makes? It's just, it's just very much like a. Like, Your wife like, will be mad at you if you. She'll do that be either. mad. Yeah. She hated that picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all paid the price a little bit with mind pump. 
We did. We have. I, We've I, taken our shot. You, lost, you, you lost a wife. I got. Yeah. I got the <laughs> I was, I think uh, you've taken the hardest. Yeah. yeah so let's, let's all. Let's, you know what? Oh, shit. We just. Yeah. <laughs> we just lost our argument right there. Yeah. Uh, Although that could have been a, a thing that helped him too. Let's be honest. Oh, I mean, mm. it's, it, it's <laughs> leveled you up. A, it was definitely a good, a good thing, of course. But, uh, yeah. but could you imagine? But it was definitely the straw. It was the impetus that caused the ultimate band aid that hurt. Could you imagine having having to go through that still? Nope. Fuck. That would no. just be fucking. It wouldn't where, work. I don't want you to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, people like Craig Caperso think that it's 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 way less worse now today than it was then. So maybe it was way harder then because of the shit that we were talking about. When oh, we, we were doing. terrible. Right. I mean, it, it takes it would, it would take a yeah. special person to be okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. You, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's cr- what's crazy is that half the audience listening right now, had more than half has not they haven't, they haven't go- never heard the first hundred episodes. Yeah. The first hundred episodes have less have fifty percent less downloads than anything that we do uh, now. It's a little weird. Thank God. I mean, it's like you, yeah, because it, it it's a timeline. It's like an origin of. I'd rather of all not. Yeah, I'd rather not let, like tell people about those episodes and yeah. encourage them to listen. No, we, they're like really bored. We, we need to get caught up. I never do. Uh, we weren't that good. We dealt, We all I mean we had good chemistry and stuff, and we were fucking balls out. The whole we were time. just ridiculous. It was a competition to see who could be the worst. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm, shock and, and it, awe was it, the approach. Oh, for sure. it, it was shocking. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of awe. <laughs> It'll be nostalgic. We'll go back and listen one day and be like, "I have." When was the last time you guys listened to something before episode four hundred? Even that's been a long time. Never. Yeah, it's nah, been a very a very long times. time. Yeah, it's been a long time since I have too. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. Every once enough. in a while, you it's get a unappealing. new, a new person on the forum who's like, you know, being indoctrined with everyone, and then they go like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back and listen to ones," and I'm like, "Oh boy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they Put stay. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Have you been training more? Um, you look like it. I yeah. I'm well. I mean, I've been doing my like. I'm probably training three times a week right now. Look, his, yeah, his look, arms are a little. Bigger. It looked like you stopped and then you started again. Yeah, I was. Uh, I kind of fell off a little bit there. What What did we do? I don't know what we did. Where I was just not very consistent. This whole thing with Katrina too. Like, uh, it's taking a toll for me to have to. I have to do all the house stuff and take care of the boys. So uh, a lot of times when I would be training in here, I've had to go home, and it's really tough for me once I go home to to leave and do. This. Yeah, I don't like that's yeah. that's something like I have to do my routine. While I'm at the gym, or go straight to the gym from here. Yeah, do the home gym, man. Yeah. I know I would. I would. I would. If I didn't have the Camaro, I would. I 100. percent If I didn't have the Camaro, I would. That's where I, where I would go. I'd go right there. I would definitely set up at least a squat yeah, you rack. Get the garage for it for sure. Totally. How, how often do you drive the Camaro? Why do you got to do that? Well, no, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm curious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm actually curious about this. It's like, oh, when's the last man. time my uh, hot rod truck's been running? Right. You know, people ask me that. Well, his car like, works, oh, though. I know. It is true. I don't true. think yours yeah, No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, right, right now, not very often. It's been probably three weeks since I've taken it out. Do you I, just start it up every once in a while? Yeah, I, I always fire it up so it doesn't die or anything like that. And I typically take it around the block, at least stretch it out a little bit, and then and bring it back in. It's just that lately, every time I've taken it out, there's something that I got to tweak or fix. And I'm not a fucking gearhead. So it's, I don't get under there and figure it out myself. And I know there's a lot of guys that fucking shame me for that. You know, like, oh, you just have this amazing piece of machinery and you don't fucking learn how to work on it. It's building value right now. Well, that's as we speak. It's an investment, right? So that's how I look at it. And and there will come a time. What's it valued at now versus how much you bought it for? um, I paid 
I paid 40 something for it. I put another 13,000 into it. When I insured it and had it appraised, it appraised at 75. Oh, wow. So and you, that made was, it, you made a nice 10, at least 15 grand, maybe 10, 15 grand over your investment. Right. It's, it, you know, that's what, that was what made, when I was shopping for a car and I wanted a, I, it was that or this like luxury car that I wanted. And I was real close to going out and buying a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes and the reason why I didn't, and I'm not against that at all. I mean, I'm sure that's something that will be, when I have that much money that I can just kind of throw away, I think that I would drive that. But for me, I was like, okay, if I'm going to go buy a car that much or spend that much money on something, I want it to hold its value. And mo- for the most part, almost all vehicles don't unless it's some somewhat of a classic. Yeah, so. cars classically are t- typically are the worst place to put your money. And it was one of the, even though I, I'm not seeking attention or or that's not why I bought it, but I will say that you know I've dri- I've been in Lamborghinis and Ferraris and crazy exotic cool cars, and the classic gets way more cool attention than way more uh, respect. Yeah. yeah, it does. Like yeah, it, because if you drive a really expensive exotic car, you get people will look at you and all that stuff, but then you'll get the whole like uh, you're pretentious or you're yeah. a douchebag. But if it's an old yeah, muscle car, dick. yeah, everybody's going to – it's just respect. Yeah, people appreciate it. Yep. And and I really noticed that when I used to drive it down to Santana Row where like everybody brings their Bentleys and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And it would be parked in front of like uh, the Venetian and you'll see – or Hotel Valencia, excuse me. And you'd, you'd see you know a Bentley in front of mine and then a Lamborghini and a Ferrari parked in front of it. And people are like standing around the Camaro. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. You know, like that's – People appreciate the that year of, of Camaros. It's just so rare to see one in that. Yeah, good they're condition. iconic. Yeah, and to see it in that good a condition, and every time one gets one gets totaled, the, the the ticker goes up on those things. So, yeah, it's it's something that I I definitely would like. I think right now in my life, I just it's a it's something that I would have to learn, spend time on. I didn't have the father figure who got under the hood with me, so it would, it would be on my shoulders to, to figure all that out on my own. And I believe one day I will. I think when I'm just put on YouTube. Yeah, when I'm in my mid. Yep. <laughs> when I'm you in think my. That's true, funny. Bro. It's true. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked on my truck with YouTube. It's awesome. Dude. No, I, and I believe I'll do that. I think when I'm in my 40s and uh, mid to late 40s, I'm sure that's something that I'll, I'll totally be into. I got a lot of friends that that have them, and they're in car clubs, and they're at different yeah. points in their life. Mm-hmm. I'm in the. We're in the middle of building something. This right now is my passion. Yeah. You know, so like if I got a free weekend, I'm I'm putting effort and time into what we're doing right now because I have such a love for it, more so than my car, my toys, yeah. my other hobbies that I love. Yeah, like, there's not a whole lot of room for that right now. There's not. And yeah, for and, me too, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm totally okay with with it collecting dust right now, along with a lot of the other hobbies that I mean, I've got the fucking crazy ATV, I've got snowboards and all the things that I love to do. And right now, there's nothing that I love more than what we're doing. It just, mm-hmm. yeah. I've yet, I mean, we're doing this now for on four years. Is it going to be four? Yeah. This has got to be the fastest. Feels like 10. Full business, <laughs> four years of any business I've ever done. Right. And yeah. I, I, it I feels have, like it's. I have, ne- have you had a moment yet? I really have not had this. This is the first time in my life. All the things that I've built or been a part of, worked for, whatever, I've never done something for four years consecutively. 
and still, when I wake up in the morning, like I can't wait to get here. Yeah, I and really can't. So weird, much right? to do. That's a fucking very. Wait, do you know why? To that's me, that's weird? more valuable than any dollar amount that oh, we make doing that's quality this. Quality of life. Do you know why that's so weird? Because I've never done anything I hated. I've always done right. something I love. Right. Yeah. So for this to be even uh, an even higher level of that, it's very strange. Because I've been in fitness my whole yeah. life, so I've always liked what I've done. No. But it's never gone by this fast. I mean, four years. I remember how long a year took in the gym industry, running gyms. A year was like 10 years of just grueling work. Yeah. yeah. If I was in a club for a year, I was ready to get the fuck out of that club. After about a year, it was like, move me out of right. here. Right. You know, new location. I remember people ask this all the time. I get this is a common question I get in my DMs from like other trainers. Like, you know, do you miss training and, you know, their love for it? And it's like, you know, I love training clients. I love people. I love people. And, you know, the, the ability to train. You know, back to back to back clients for eight, 10 hours a day. You just get this diversity of humans that you get to experience. You get and, to hang out with cool people. Right. And I, and I love and value that. But I, I would be lying if I didn't say that there was mornings where the alarm went off and I'm like, fuck, yeah. I got a day today. You know, I got 10 hours yeah. of work today that I was not, or, a, you know, you're, it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night and you've already seen seven, eight people mm -hmm. and you're still there working. And I'm like, I can't. And I had those moments of wanting to get through an hour. There's never been that moment well, in what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, I think right now. I think that like this business brings out those best moments from you know training. So uh, we are still like my favorite part was being able to pick the brains of these brilliant people that yeah. I you know were my clients that were killing it in business or killing it in life or whatever decisions they're making was you know they're at a point where they could afford me and like you know we're 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 basically handing off a lot of this this knowledge to me and like strategies and all that kind of stuff. But now we bring those people on the show mm -hmm. and we pick their brain for like two hours straight. And it's, it's amazing. It's like this education. And then like every day you just get like charged and fueled, mm -hmm. uh, you know, by, you know, them or even just like talking. The, the other part is just like figuring out like the, the best strategies for everything. Well, so good, we get to do that. Good conversation is like a way of thinking. It really is. So is writing. And anytime you write or you talk with other people, if you're doing it, uh, really well it's a great way to organize your thoughts uh organize uh you know your ideas process them that's why talking is such an effective form of therapy so when i can sit down and talk to, even if i just talk to you guys like when we do these episodes where we don't have a guest mm -hmm. you know i may have an idea you know how many times ideas flourish through our podcast for me personally uh, yeah. I'll, I'll like the first time i'll think something and it'll come out it'll be on the podcast and mm -hmm. then i'll fine tune it as we continue to discuss it, and it, it's it's accelerated that yeah, process. Yeah, something one of you guys said, and then it resonates later, and you keep thinking about it over and over, and then it becomes this whole yeah. path that you kind of create. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So you guys know the uh, you guys have seen the homeless person that le that now lives in our little parking lot over there. Because you know what, bro, the front spot. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Because you fed him. Yeah, it's just like and a now cat. he comes it's back. A straight yeah, cat, dude. Twice, twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't. No, I gave him more. So no, let me tell you what happened. So so in front of the parking space, this homeless person. Now we're in downtown San Jose. It is not rare to see I don't know four or five homeless people yeah. every day, right? So there's a, there's a larger homeless population in in San Jose. It's becoming, it's kind of a thing. Uh, you know, that's kind of growing. Um, and the, most of them, the mental illness, you can tell, uh, you know, but, you know, every time I see one, if I, if I can, I'll give them something to eat or whatever. And there's a few regulars. Well, there was a new one that you pull into the parking lot and just crashed out sleeping in front of the parking spot. Yeah. 
And so yesterday I came in and, and there's a bag of like corn chips that we've had for, I don't know, a couple months. I don't know. I think it was from the Tahoe trip. Yeah. So I brought it out and I put the bag of chips on the ground and a bottle of water, but he was passed out. Uh. So I left, came back and still there, bag of chips still there. Today I came back and bag of chips is half, he's not there anymore, but bag of chips is mostly gone. And there's a jar of salsa. So somebody somebody must have got him some salsa for the chips. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. So I was like, oh cool. He got All some right. he got some dip for his gathering. Yeah, the, he got some dip uh, for random his condiments. Chips. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. <clears throat> but I'm gonna I'm Throw trying to salt shake I'm trying there. to catch him when he's awake so I can say hi to him. You know, I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, talk to him. yeah, you know, just see what's going on. I keep on. trying to I'm like, can you like, like the, over where the grass there's like grass like not too far away, and a little nice hill? Like I would have just picked a different spot, like instead of where you're like trying to slam the huge vehicle. Most of them most like, I want to shift them over there most homeless people who are like homeless permanent because a lot of people in, in poor you know with who are in dire straits financially will pop in and out of quote-unquote homelessness but more often than not they're sleeping on people's couches and stuff like that people who actually live on the streets a large large percentage of them are mentally ill they just have mental illness so they just can't do anything other than what they're doing and, you know, I, I meet them all the time out here. And there was one, there was one lady, remember that one lady that was getting, she'd go across the street. She was running slow, through the, yeah, yeah cars were know, almost hitting I, her. Oh my God. She'd make me nervous. Yeah. So I ran over there and, and grabbed her and she was blind. She was legally blind. Yeah. And she couldn't see. And I'm like, what do you do? Why are you walking in the street? And she's like, I, I don't know I where know, I, I helped her one time. Yeah. So yes. I w- walked her back over. It's okay. Where are you going? I'm going on this bus. And okay, you know, here's five bucks. Listen, you need to go find yourself a shelter. And, you know, but they're all me- this mental illness. Yeah. So it's a problem that I don't see. I don't know what the solution is. I've always wondered why we don't, because like, there's, 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 and San Jose is not the best example of this because I know San Jose is not, but wouldn't it be smart to like have an area where they, all kind of go like I would like have this land like one of the things if you were filthy rich and you mm-hmm. had some property just three acres like three acres yeah. would fit a fuck ton of tents like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you build an area it where become a, it would become a health hazard you, yeah. you'd have to have sewer system you have to have like it would become a it would have to be managed yeah it's sure. it's a it's a much more complex difficult problem that, than than people realize um, and we, here's the other thing. It's kind there of nomadic are, too. They 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 do that, you know, mm-hmm. on their own, and they'll encamp like certain areas, mm-hmm. and then you can like, kind of move them. Along. You, see that, homeless, you see that in L.A. Like I see in L.A., yeah. they do that like in like a, a street somewhere is just fucking just tents everywhere, dude. And yeah. what they do, the police will move in and we'll give them eviction notices, literally, and tell them you need to leave because we're gonna come by here tomorrow and we're gonna bulldoze this whole area. Mm-hmm. But they don't go anywhere else. They don't know what else to do, so they just move their tent somewhere else. But here's the other thing too. There are homeless shelters that a lot of these people don't even yeah. want to go no, to. No, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that they don't even want to well, go to. You, you you say it'd be a big deal, sewage wise. But I mean, okay, if we were trying to organize something to be like low, 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 like overhead or expense, like to make right. this happen. Well, I mean, why wouldn't lining up ten, maybe fifteen fucking porta potties? And and on the three acres that I'm talking about, and then the service that you're paying for is to get those those porta potties picked up once a week. Like, how would that not be? How would that be huge expense? I don't understand how that would be crazy. Because um, uh, drugs get used, uh, needles get shared, uh, people will start to get. Sick. Well, that's happening no matter what, though. Right? Well, that's that's the problem. It's just about it's like promoting it. This is know? it is uh, not a simple uh, easy solution. No, I'm not whatsoever. saying it is. I, just, I think I've th- thought about these things. I'm like, yeah. Why? I, I'm not huge in, in government involvement, but I do think um, some kind of medical 
mental health uh, would be beneficial is what I think. Because like I said, a lot of them are just mentally ill. Yeah. A lot of them are addicted to drugs. You could see it when... when and they're not seeking help a lot of times. No. So it's a, it's a weird situation. It's, a, it's an interesting... Yeah, no, I've, I've met a lot that choose yeah to like, like fuck off you know i've tried helping people and they like literally like, like are aggressive with me yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah. no i've met i've met quite a few that just literally choose to live on the street like they yeah. don't i don't have no desire to yeah, yeah, yeah. to get out get out of that like it's crazy uh, yeah so i i remember one guy was he had a sign that said uh give me money so i can get a beer or or a smoke and i'm like well at least he's honest so yeah. I gave him a couple bucks. <laughs> like, Here you go. I like a beer sometimes too. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Go drink. Go have a beer. Did I ever tell you guys about my favorite bum sign that I've ever seen? It was in San Francisco at the Giants game, and the 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 uh, the ballpark is right on the water, and they have like a you know a I don't know what you call like a, the walkway, like concrete walkway, but below the arena, right by where mm -hmm. the water is at. And where Barry Bonds used to hit all his home runs over yeah. his, that wall, and you could—I was at a game. In fact, it was when Barry Bonds was chasing his the home run record, and it was crazy to me because here we are at the Giants game. Barry Bonds is chasing the home run record, and right behind me, where I'm sitting, it, everybody is standing up, looking away from the game, and there's like a whole row of people, and they're loud and they're laughing, and I'm going, "What the fuck?" I mean, we're in the middle of a crazy good game here. Why? And so I get up to go look. And there's a bum at the bottom, right, below, all the way to the bottom, and he's got a big sign, and it says, I bet you can't hit me with a quarter. Yeah. And people are fucking chucking quarters. This. And it was brilliant, dude. I mean, I must have seen $100 worth of quarters oh, in a short amount of time being chucked to this guy by t everyone's just like pulling their change yeah. out and they're throwing it. And he's dodging and he's running back. And he's and I thought that wow. was fucking brilliant that and clever smart. and hilarious. Eventually they stopped it, which was really shitty. You know what I'm saying? That somebody came over and had to ruin the fun. Because yeah, yeah. I thought, this is great. This guy's having fun doing this. People he's are making money. Yeah, he's making money. <laughs> and he's, people are chucking quarters yeah, down. Like, I thought it was fucking great. Dude. Yeah, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets all he weird. Deserved, yeah, yeah, hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, this is not, this, so, is, this is shitty. So uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday we got our shipment of net in. And uh, Katrina is now boycotting. Ned, because when I take just and all I need is two full droppers of that. Are you doing the which which strength are you doing? The so I only have the three hundred milligrams. I want to try the stronger one. Yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. tried the stronger one, but I haven't really needed to use the stronger one because two full droppers of just the three hundred milligrams. I take that right before we're heading up to the bed, and I and I let it sit under my tongue. By the time I get upstairs and we you know get in get into the sheets and stuff like that, I mean. Just calm and out. Dude, I pass right out. I know. And she's trying to get some. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's starting to feel better. <laughs> and I'm just like, completely out. And so now she's like, you're not allowed to take that all the time. <laughs> Either that or we got to go to bed way Dude, earlier. Those are feeding you meth. Those cannabinoids are, are so good for their anxiolytic properties. People with anxiety. Yeah. That, the research coming out on that is fucking mind-blowing. Anxiety is such a pain in the ass to treat, and the yeah. medications that they typically prescribe for that yeah. are addictive and terrible. Like, a lot of people are suffering from anxiety from like multiple different factors. Well, so I was, I was, I've been reading quite a bit on this because it just keeps seems to be exploding. Mm -hmm. And there's some theories that say that that a lot of these anxiety issues are actually deficiencies in endocannabinoids. Mm. So people actually, their bodies are not producing enough of these natural cannabinoids, like anandamide, which is one of them. So they're feeling the effects of that, Interesting. and and so that's why supplementing with cannabinoids makes them 
you know, feel so much better. The real question is why, why are people experiencing a, a, you know, why are they producing less of these endocannabinoids? And my hunch is that because of our, our lifestyle, yeah. we're just depleting the fuck out of ourselves like we do with our other, you know, hormones and systems because we're constantly hammering Multitude ourselves. Multitude of factors, right? We're overstimulated. We don't, uh, you know, treat the process of like going mm -hmm. to bed and, you know, and, and having sort of a ritual for that mm -hmm. to where it's like, you know, you get to bed, it's just about how quickly you can crash and then you don't really have that quality of sleep. Dude, for me, so I was just doing this this morning. So this is a little, it's kind of on the topic. This morning I was looking up other uh, cannabis type companies. So obviously Ned's not cannabis, they're hemp derived, but uh, the cannabinoids you can find in both plants. And I was reading this morning on cannabis companies that uh, are on the stock exchange because I know the science behind cannabinoids and what they can do. And in particular, the thing that interests me the most is their effect on cancer. Mm -hmm. I think that is, there's so much promise there and there's no guarantees, but I think there's, there's going to be a blockbuster out there that's going to explode. And there's all these, can there's all these companies that are selling for like eight or $9 a share mm -hmm. who are in this space. Yeah. It's so hard I'm, to know who's going to be the, well, I'm, I'm trying to hedge my bets, right? Cause 809, I mean, eight, eight, $9, you can buy a hundred shares for under a grand. Yeah. Do you see any that's big not a bad pharmaceutical bet. companies like kind of taking that on? Well, GW, yeah. right? Well, GW is the biggest one, but they're all pharma companies. Yeah. They're all pharma companies that are coming out. There's a couple out of China that are entering into the fray now. So it's, and I know what, leave it to them to kick her ass. Yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> Damn it. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, a huge population. That's why there's such a big economy. You know, that's what's crazy. hard about when you, when something like that hits is is figuring out who is going to be the who's going to be the one that ends up. It's rarely ever the one that starts right away. Like you start off, you get into it first and early, but then somebody comes in and does it better. You know, yeah. It's it depends because uh, investments make a big deal it's when it like comes to Monsanto pharma. or Bear. Yeah. Oh man, Fuck. they'll probably buy one of the companies. That's right. what this I mean. Happen. That's exactly what will happen. Yeah. They'll wait. It's just like the app game. You know what I'm saying? They wait uh -huh. until they see someone making waves, and they've got the capital, the mm -hmm. marketing, and everything behind it. They can go, oh, okay, let's go throw a hundred million yeah. at this company real quick, and we'll blow it up to a two billion dollar mm -hmm. company. So you guys ready for a, a a funny what the hell headline? Yeah. So this article came out today, and I was, I was here's the here's the first part of the article. The Girl Scouts of America has filed a lawsuit. Against the Boy Scouts. What? <laughs> saying, girls versus boys. Saying that the group's gender-neutral efforts to include girls is confusing and has led to membership losses. So you know how the Boy Scouts have changed their name to the Scouts? Yeah. And they're trying to say we're for boys and girls. So now the Girl Scouts is suing them saying, hey, you guys are fucking taken away from us because we're the <laughs> Can't what, win, what's bro. What's happening? Can't win. <laughs> no. you're, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Uh, they're, Jesus. They're killing themselves. Can we go back to it then? You know, like Boy Scouts? No, can't go back. Yeah. So which, what, are the, what if the Girl Scouts just start including boys now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That's, then then what is it? There's, there's, it's funny that, the, that people made such a, we're so happy about the Boy Scouts now allowing girls. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see why that's a. There's definitely a lot of value in boys and girls being able to do things just with their gender, especially mm -hmm. coming of age type of stuff. Right. There's definitely benefits to it. So uh, I know it wasn't politically, I guess maybe maybe not politically correct to be just the Boy Scouts, just have boys in. 
And then they went. They tried to become more politically well, politically correct, correct is very much against anything masculine. So yeah, that's just how that goes. That's true because you, you're right. I don't see the Girl Scouts doing the same no, thing. Uh-uh. But I think this is. I think and when they did it, I knew it. I, th- I saw this. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good for the Boy Scouts. It's to interesting to see stuff like this change. I was just listening to the radio, the sports talk this morning. And they're talking about this is the anniversary, 2004. Ron Artest, uh, basketball player, asked for two-week vacation in the middle of the season and in his contract and said he wanted to, I needed to get in away. In the middle of the season? Yeah, that was in 2004 and, wow. he got, and he got he got fined a fucking bajillion dollars. He got suspended for two weeks. This was also what led to people talking shit to him and the famous, uh, what do they call it, the, the massacre or something. I forget what they call it. But this is where Ron Artest ran up into the the stands. One oh, a fan, a fan and threw he hit him in the face. Yeah, th- oh, I yeah. remember that. A fan threw a soda at him, and then they ran up. Nine players ended up getting suspended, like tons of money over all of it. But that was the first time like a player had ever even asked about that. Now it's really normal. Like players take fucking time off all the time. They can demand it, and it's part of. Oh wow! It's part of the I norm. Didn't even know that. Yeah, that was. It's part of the norm now that these players can say that. Like, oh, I don't want to play anymore for a couple of weeks and it's been stre- high stress for me and like you know teams now will say okay you know it's so you take some time off or that's it never never was done before oh, that's fascinating. yeah that was in 04 and then how much we've evolved now today and it's just interesting to me to think that like people can get away with stuff like that you sign a contract you get paid millions of dollars you work for this company but now the company is you know they have to be like well oh. it's the market you know, yeah, if, yeah. if the market supports it, that's what's going to happen. Right, right. And these guys are so highly paid and so so hard to get. I mean, how how rare is it to find a person with the skills to play right. a professional sport? Yeah. And if the as so long as the fans show up and pay for it, then I guess they can call for whatever they want. Well, that's what's happened. I mean, the players have, the players know the pool that they have. Yeah, and, they're and, realizing their value. Yep, and then they can they can negotiate stuff like that now. It's, Who's the highest? Uh, who pays the most? The NBA, NFL, or the uh, or, or uh, I think NBA is up there. NBA is up and, there. So, really? so, and, so well, baseball too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, after don't they the have renegotiations, a cap or well, they did it. So at one point, it was like they're paying them dirt, and then they had this. Uh, you know the strike that was like famous, and that's where I I was like not interested in baseball. That they lost me completely, and then they came back with like the home run, uh, chasing you know that that whole thing with like Mark McGuire and everybody else, and um, yeah, dude, it was like now everybody has like these astronomical uh salaries. It's, yeah. it's insane. The teams, a lot of teams have salary cap. They have salary caps, right, to try mm-hmm. and keep it keep it fair. But a lot of teams will. Uh, you just get fined if you go over, yeah. so you get fined like millions of dollars. If yeah, you go explain over. the the Yankees like how much, they they always have money, right? They, and they and so a lot of teams will go over the salary cap because they know that it, it doesn't matter because it draws X amount more dollars to the stadium. And if they end up winning or going so far, take the hit. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. so they kind of they kind of take the hit. But then you have other teams like the A's that you know they they play money ball where they play the opposite where they they run as yeah. lean as they possibly can. They'll and, get rid of you at the peak. Right. And then as a business they <laughs> they run it like a little li- fucking kills me, man. Yeah, I know. If what are the what are the low end baseball players or football players or basketball players make? Like, like if you if you're quarter, in the like, a, like a quarter million so mm-hmm. if you if you're like you never see you never see the player and they're sitting on the bench they'll 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 make like a quarter. oh here's the here they are uh, you might get like a signing bonus or something Doug's like. actually got the average salaries of each of the major sports leagues maybe start at the top Doug or it looks like there's five you got up there uh, number one 
Oh, number one is basketball. The average salary, $4.9 million. That's average. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whew. Baseball. Is- look at look at DeMarcus Cousins, who we're trying to get, right? He's, he's on the Warriors team now. He's injured. He won't even play till January. We'll only have him playing for, and we signed for him for the $5 million, something, 5.4 million. So you know, he's just, yeah. It's, yeah, you get. I mean, the basketball players get some pretty fucking well, baseball three point eight million, and then next is probably got to be NFL, right? No, ice hockey two point five million for ice hockey. So their actually average is higher than football, which is two million. Wait, and the salary that are they? They're talking about like their entire that, career. Or are they talking about like year by year? I no, think they're average. They're taking all the players and they're taking all the salaries and, and they then dividing them. Right. Yeah. So you have so the low end will be. Like, I think I believe entry low level for NFL and you can look this up, Doug. It used to be like two fifty. So I think the lowest paid like kicker or you know mm-hmm. uh yeah i know because one of my friends he was signed on he had a signing bonus it was around 250 to three hundred thousand, and then he, he got cut because he got injured like in preseason game and that was the end of his career and then he invested it into <clears throat> you know like remodeling houses and stuff the one smart. that i would i would want, need to get paid the most to even consider would be the nfl it's got to be the, it's like war Every time you play, and you're, you're yeah. Uh, the only thing is, there's a lot more players, and the, the lifespan of uh, is much shorter. It's not like yeah. you can play football, pro football. I agree, I agree. But yeah, it's like as a as an owner, you have to pay so much money for because there's, I mean, how many players do they have to acquire? It's like fifty. 50 I think fifty two or fifty four yeah. is a ro- full roster for an That's NFL a lot. team. That's a lot of paychecks. Oh yeah, NBA, you're only in what, coaches thirteen, like you get a ton or of coaches thirteen or fourteen in NBA. NBA, so. you only need like one two coaches. You know, you're good. Uh, oh, a rookie in the NFL is four. Four hundred eighty thousand. So almost half a million years a rookie. Wow, it used to be two fifty, so it's up to four eighty now. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not bad. But again, again, people. <laughs> I don't think people realize it. like you, you, you play one game in the NFL, you're getting blasted by some of the biggest, strongest <laughs> human beings on earth. It's it's battle damage, dude. It's, Every single dude practice is is worse. Well, and the the scariest thing about a lot of the a lot and then what you see a lot of is I th- I forget what the stat is. It's ridiculous on how many ex NFL players end up going on welfare. And what happens is, you know, this young these young kids sign these contracts where they make a million dollars or more a year. And then they get hurt two years later or something, and then they just no more money after that, and they, they have nothing their, to fall back. Yeah, on. nothing to fall back on, and right away the first things you go get when you're 22 years old and you make millions of dollars, a house and a car. Yeah, all the fucking crazy stuff. Oh, 78 percent. 78 percent are either yeah. bankrupt or or are under financial That's stress depressing. within two years of retirement. Is that fucking nuts? Or and what? an estimated 60 percent. You know what it is. And this this is an important statistic for people to realize. I think a lot of people think money is the answer to everything. You know, making money is important, but knowing how to invest it and keep it is equally as important. It's extremely important to know these things. So these guys are going in, they're killing it, making tons of money, have zero idea what to do with the money or how to keep it. Seventy-eight percent, dude. That's crazy. That's insane. It's almost eight out of every ten players. Yep, that's insane. There's more of a chance. That's the vast majority. Right. That's that's. Yeah. It means you're rare if you if you if you retire and you're still okay that's why when i when i when friends like brendan you know that i that i have i've just i have so much respect for these guys and you know frampton like they're he's a smart dude yeah buddies of mine that played eight years in the league and they've gone and made as much or more money outside of the nfl than they I did. would think I, more oh definitely brendan, like brendan for more. sure now yeah, i mean yeah. he's uh, what he just did with orange theory i mean he i think a- what you were speculating the other uh, a while ago about how you think the future of sports is going to be virtual 
I think that's a hundred percent true. I was watching a video the other day on YouTube of these multi-directional treadmills. Have you guys seen these? Yeah, yeah crazy. Where Oculus Omni, or whatever. Or Omni, 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 yeah. Omnidirectional. Yeah, yes. you basically run in any direction and it's only a matter of time before they get so good that you're going to be in this virtual reality, whatever, and you're going to be jumping and moving and diving and whatever, and it's going to act itself out. It's going to simulate it, and that's what we're going to watch. Your own and it'll still, and that's what we're going to watch. And it'll still take super athletes, of course, to, to, to do all that shit. Yeah, to do all that stuff, and it'll be just as entertaining for people if we can make it look as as real and authentic as as if, yeah. like you were. But they're going to amplify the collisions will be simulated instead of them actually. And they're going to amplify the, your that makes sense abilities. They'll Did amplify I, your abilities. You'll be able to jump fifteen feet. Yeah. Maybe pull, you'll get you'll you'll touch a special star at the top of the you know the the thirty yard line. Now you're talking Mario Bros. Now you've got a freaking machine. <laughs> yeah. Who knows though? They could do it. You know, you hit someone hard enough, yeah. they explode. Totally. <laughs> That's what I really I think. When you see, I mean, we just got off having Andy like, take some mushrooms, get fucking huge, and stomp people. <laughs> I mean, it's the, to me, it's the only thing that I mean. Look at we how we've progressed with the the crazier, bigger, scarier hits as over over the last like thirty years. The only thing that will allow that to continue to evolve is the fact that you you somehow find a way to protect the players and still give the audience what they want, which is this crazy destruction. Yeah, you're going to have a power meter, you know, and every player and your power. Oh, he's almost dead. Let's see how long he's going to... Oh, no, he got the, you know, automatic life or something. Oh, they killed him. We won't see him till next Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. I would watch Uh, that. Of course. I'd fucking uh, love that. Yeah, no. I mean, and to me... The The owner resurrected him. Having Andy Miller on the show and talking to him about esports and where that's going... I mean, if it's starting to get to a point where they're filling up stadiums and you're watching... Yeah, they got to figure out the physical side of it because we need that to have, like, like keep you in reality, but at the same time exaggerate it, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think that'll be... Once they I figure think, that out, I think you're amazing. right. Yeah, I think you're right because gaming with just traditional gaming with the controllers... That shit looked really boring to it me. Gets I'm sorry. Conf- it gets confusing. Now, yeah. now, and they're, you know, to argue on their side... These kids grow up. They're into it. Yeah, they, yeah. they grow up with it. So yeah. it's not like us where we didn't necessarily grow up with all that shit. Like my son can look at a screen, shit's moving in all directions, and he's fine. And I he watch f- it. For, he knows what's going on. Yeah, I watch it for 15 seconds. I get dizzy. Dude, I saw that too. It was on. Um, I think it was on one of the ESPNs, and they were like, like actually showing an Overwatch tournament, and I was like, oh wow, oh wow. So they are getting some airtime now with this as well. Mm-hmm. So, but very I, interesting. But if they did it where the players had to physically do the stuff, like jump and dive, and you know whatever. Then there would be limitations based on the physical attributes of the person, and right. now you bring the classical sport element back into right. That yeah, and I think st- they can do it. I think so too. I think there'll still be value to somebody who has those to, to train, suits. train, and be. I mean, you could still all those things will still be important. So, right? what what do you think the the best players would look like at that point? They wouldn't be the biggest, strongest people. No, no, they wouldn't. They'd be probably uh, the, most the most agile, 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 agile yeah. Yeah, yeah, reactive and quick and fast. Yeah, now like, I, I'm picturing these facilities like a warehouse where it's like all green screen all around them, and then they have like those like sensor suits on, you know, and then they just like have their own designated section they do all their physical shit and then it we we look at it on a screen as this crazy world you know i think it would be super rad you'd have all these like all the guys would be like five nine gymnasts <laughs> you know what i mean it'd be all run. the cirque de soleil people would yeah, come in and just they, mop up they yeah. could do all, it would be like it's like uh that movie that that came out what was it called player one yeah, 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 yeah. Be, and i'd watch that shit I, I would, would totally watch that yeah. shit. I'd love to see players explode. Oh yeah, be on sick. impact. You know <laughs> Fatality. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You know? Oh shit. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. 
For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from the Maple Leaf Man. What would you guys say are the best and most important vegetables to eat? Kale, spinach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, so you, well, you have seasons, right, for, for all these different types of vegetables. That's got to play a factor into yeah. it, right? Well, what's, what, what are the most nutrient? I think kale and spinach are two of the most nutrient-dense, right? Those are, those are pretty nutrient. The cruciferous vegetables have some special qualities. Um, for example, broccoli contains something called indole. I think it's indole-3-carbonol is the, is the name of it, and it acts as uh, an anti-cancer agent in the body um, in, in studies showing it reduces the risk of things like breast cancer and stuff like that. Um, you know, here's the thing about vegetables. They're, they're t- pretty much every study that's ever been done on nutrition has shown that vegetable consumption has, is associated with better health and longer life. But there's a lot of misconceptions out there with vegetables. Like, like one of the misconceptions is that eating vegetables raw is the best way to consume them. Mm-hmm. That one I like to talk about a lot because people really believe that to be true. Well, also, too, I mean, pesticides have to play a factor to that, too. If, like, you're eating ones that are, like, more prone to, to having more of a higher concentrate of, of pesticides, like, obviously, the more organic you can go with that, yeah. the better. Uh, but all the more important, there's certain vegetables that will get probably sprayed the most with that. So Yeah, I, I go organic, and I also like to cook my vegetables now, yes, when you cook vegetables or when you boil them or whatever, you do lose some of the nutrients. However, you're able to capture more of the nutrients that are left in the vegetable because you're, they're easier to digest. You know, I, you know how many times I've had clients tell me, oh, if I eat a cup of broccoli, like I get gassy or whatever. And I tell them, just cook them really well and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. The cooking process helps to break down some of those fibers so that they're easier to digest. And as a result of that, you're able to eat much more. You guys have seen the bowls of vegetables that I'll eat. Well, I didn't. Yeah. You're the one that really. I never even thought to try and do that. But I also come from the uh, the era of you know demonizing fat and butter. Like I would never use butter on anything back yeah, in the yeah, days, yeah. you know. And so vegetables, if I did have them, they were very bland and dry. And it was you who would when we first started the show would you would show up with these massive bowls of broccolini and rapini vegetables, and, yeah yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's all were, the sulfur ones too right but man you 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 make you put a little bit of butter or balsamic olive or yeah olive oil man and and it really it makes vegetables actually really good for, and i've now that's kind of all there's sometimes i'll eat a a, a a vegetable dominant meal with just a little bit of meat or something else to go with it and i can do that now i never did that before and i also have like a, a rule for me where because very easily I can go, you know, a couple days and not have greens or not have a couple meals where I really don't give any. So if I if I have less than two servings in the day of vegetables, I almost always do my Organifi green juice. Mm-hmm. If I if, if that, that if my goal always is to get all of my meals, get a healthy portion, yeah, like same. a big size bowl there. But if my my emergency, and that's why I love the Organifi green juices. I keep that on call all the time. I I have the 
Katrina keeps the packets in her purse and with her. So if we're out restaurants and I don't have any mm-hmm. greens or if we're traveling or something, we use that. And then we always have one in the refrigerator at home. And if I can't get to the two, then I use that. Otherwise, I'm always trying to get at least three to five servings of veggies in the one day. One of my favorite vegetables of all time that is not common. It's hard to find in stores, but luckily the Whole Foods over here and the one by my house will not always, but typically will have it, is um, uh, broccoli rabe, R-A-B-E. It's rabe. Called. And they look like... It's almost like they look like spinach with a little bit of broccoli. Like they're very leafy. They have little tiny. It's like like skinnier trees. No, no, they're, they're was, very leafy. No, that's broccolini. No, you're I thought broccoli. it was broccolini. Yeah, I thought rapini was the. It's the same. Rapini or rabe. Oh, okay, as you yeah. say, rapini In is Italian. A, you call it rapini. Got it. And it's the big leafy green, the the big leaves, and then they have the little what look like uh, cruciferous, you know, um, broccoli, but but they're real real Those small nuggets. Yeah, yeah, they're really really small. And so what I do with those. As I cut off a lot of the stem just because it's tough, and you can eat that too, that's fine, but I'll typically cut it off, and then I'll boil them, and I'll boil the fuck out of them. Yeah. Get them real nice and soft, drain the water, I put them on a plate, olive oil and salt, and it is the best, hands down, best food I've ever eaten for my gut, mm-hmm. By hands down. And if I give it to anybody, if I have a friend or family member who's complaining of gut issues, especially constipation, I'll tell them, make this... Cook it really, really well because you're going to consume a, a full bushel bushel of it. Mm-hmm. Add a little olive oil and watch what happens. And sure enough, so easy. It's just you eat it and it's so smooth. And you go to the bathroom and you feel great and it just feels amazing. It's my favorite vegetable. What by was far. the doctor that we had on and she was talking about the sulfur uh, being like like she was like emphasizing the vegetables with sulfur over was all it of Dr. them. Dr. Walls. Yes, Dr. Terry Walsh. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and like between you eating like those huge bowls and then she kept reiterating how important like uh, the, the amount the like the actual serving size like you'd get per day was like way outside of what I was eating and and just like stressing the importance of that. I was I've been kind of changing my approach to vegetables uh, as a result yeah, of that. Yeah, one vegetable that's made a comeback in recent years is Brussels sprouts, which I think is hilarious. I fucking love those. It's when, so, like why did that why was that one of them that everybody's like ew? Well, you it's know like why? my favorite. Cuz if you had it how I had it when I was younger, which was just fucking steamed, they're nasty. I think just steamed Brussels sprouts are nasty. It's just cabbage. They, they have like a, little cabbages. Well, they they have a bitter aftertaste to them. Mm. But man, if you if you make those right, like the you, way Doug does. Oh right? yeah, Doug's Brussels sprouts are just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're they're drowned in, in bacon, bacon fat. And, <laughs> well, yeah. that's okay. No, I know it's sautéed with yeah. It's, oh, dude, little bacon bits. We've taken we've taken uh, Doug's recipe and we've Katrina and I have made all kinds of different variations from that recipe and uh, that's how we we eat Brussels sprouts. All the time. You know, something else is that that's a very easy tip for people that has helped me. And it's a tip that I used to give to clients is eat them first. You know, when you sit down, when you sit down at a table, we've, we've been trained, you know, the American diet is, is very common to get served tortilla chips Mm -hmm. or bread, or, you know, you eat all these carbs and, or or processed type foods Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. and then you move into your juicy meat or whatever that you get. And then whatever you have room for, we tend to have our greens and, you know, you tend to leave some of those on the plate where now I always eat in reverse. It's I, I'll finish all of my greens and I prioritize my food the same way I'll prioritize my training. So if I'm in the gym and, and my priority for the day is, my squats or my deadlifts or my chest or whatever, that's typically the first thing that I'll work. I think you do, You should do that with nutrition too. I agree. When yeah. you have your food in front of you, 
you know, okay, I'm trying to bulk right now, so I need calories. Okay, that's okay then. Make sure you eat your proteins and your fats first or whatever. But if you're trying to prioritize health, and especially if you're trying to cut, eat a big serving of vegetables first. It'll help you eat less. You're going to get all those wonderful nutrients. You're going to get the low calories. What I love about that attitude too, and this is what I teach is like, because people ask, well, can I ever have bread or can I ever do this or I love this? Listen, don't don't play this game with yourself of what you can or can't have. It's, a, it's, it's starting off on the wrong foot with nutrition. It's like feed your body what it needs first, like you're saying, prioritize it that way. You know, what's neat is like I, I don't tell when I sit down at a restaurant and we're eating, I don't say I can't have the roll. If I eat my big serving of veggies, I eat my meat and whatever, you know, potato or what else I have on there. And then if I still have room and I want to have a piece of bread, I'll have it. But what ends up happening most of the time is I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, by the time I get through all those other uh, prioritize, all the things that are uh, that are much higher in nutrient value for my body. A lot of times I don't feel or I'll have a little bit of it mm-hmm. instead of having where, you know, those rolls come out on a, a, a table for at a restaurant. I mean, fuck, I'll crush four or five of those things or they come out with their half loaf mm-hmm. wherever you're at. You know, I'll sit there and get, you know, 500 calories of that before I even eat my main meal. And so instead of doing that, I'll get all And eat that it. strategy works really well for kids, too. This is something that Jessica really implemented uh, with our family, with the kids. And it was hard for me at first to to get on board because it was so different. But now it's brilliant. Like my kids, mm-hmm. when we sit down to eat, they're the first thing on their plate is their vegetables. And in order for them to get to the next stage, they have to finish their vegetables. And it's not a question. No. It's just it's just this is just how we eat, and it works. They eat way more vegetables now than they would have done before. You know, it's crazy. Like, and you you were able to make that transition later with your kids. But you know, I, I just I think about parenting now and if you have a kid that's you know two years old or younger if you just start that as a habit with mm-hmm. the family the kid won't know any better than that yeah. mm-hmm. just, you know it's where i feel for parents that have kids that are 10 12 13 years old right now and then they they're trying to implement that i could i know that would be really really it's gonna tough. take months it's tough. right but it if takes you, tough months. undoing right yeah. if but if if you could start off that way the kids won't know any different it's just that's how if mom and dad eat that way and you and you've just kind of always done that look it's it's such in, a good habit it becomes ingrained in you the reason why it was so hard for me to break was I grew up eating a particular way, and the way I would eat was pasta first, meats next. Uh, then we're gonna have our, you know, our salad typically. Then we're gonna have fruit and nuts, and this is just the the way my culture eats their food. So when you know when my, for example, my parents eat over, and we serve food vegetables first, and then. The, my my parents were like confused. Like, Where's the pasta? Well, we eat that at the very end. Well, that's why right. would you? That's not when you're supposed to eat the pasta. We're supposed to eat it in the beginning. So it's this funny thing. But no, you know, I want to ask you, Justin, because yeah. you went for you went for like five or six weeks without touching a single vegetable. <laughs> I know, huh? What did what are the differences you noticed when you ate when you reintroduced them versus when you didn't have them? Because you did carnivore there for a little while. Yeah. Um. At first, it was a little bit of an adjustment. So uh, my stomach. Uh, obviously like there's there's like certain components like like gas and like just like certain things that i had to kind of fight through like with just bringing fiber into the to my body again like i think just having that uh was a bit of you know a few days of just like kind of dealing with the reintroduction of it but uh once i got you know through that initial bit where i was just slowly reintroducing um you know vegetables and i actually did it more with with the green juice. And I was just, I, I was doing that because it was already, uh, it was less like, it's, it's already it, easy to digest. It's easier to digest. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, 
And so that, that helped me sort of to ease back in transition. But once I started eating like broccoli and I started eating, uh, you know, kale and like a little more fibrous, like intense, you know, sulfurous like type of, uh, vegetables, that was like a challenge. But, but now I, I, oh my God, I went completely on the other side to where my body was like, oh my God, where's these been? Like it, it felt like now my body recognized how you know depleted and deficient I was to where I, I crave it. And I, I saw um, Brussels sprouts like the other day, and I, I've just been on this tear of just eating Brussels sprouts lately. How do you eat yours? I eat mine um, like sautéed, like in, in kind of the way that Doug like you know showed us with yeah with ghee and and and, and so uh, we'll do that with uh, some of the little prosciutto. Oh uh, God! Yeah, yeah, like it's just good. I mean, they're just so goddamn yeah. tasty. The other things too, a lot of people don't consider vegetables are the the algaes and the the, the sea vegetables. Like, I was going to ask you about that. I've seen like is spir- spirulina, spirulina is one of them, yeah. and chlorella. chlorella. Yeah, those are both extremely nutrient dense algaes that you get uh, in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And now, if you were to eat them raw, they'd be hard to digest because the cell wall is so so hard and so dense. But what, what companies do like uh, Organifi is they break it down for you, pre-digested, then you drink it as a powder and you get all those nutrients. But those are extremely nutrient-dense. Spirulina is very high in protein, very high in nutrients. Same thing with chlorella. And then seaweed. Seaweed is a great source of iodine. And there are a lot of people now, not everybody, but there are a lot of people that have iodine deficiencies, especially hmm. this is something you want to take a look at. Isn't it a lot in kale too? Or, yeah, yeah. This is something you want to look at if you don't use iodized salt. Hmm. So if you use sea salt and Himalayan pink salt, um, you you know you can actually test to see what your iodine levels look like. Because if your iodine levels are, all, are off, it's going to affect your thyroid production. And that'll affect your energy, your well-being, how you burn body fat, all that stuff. So figure that out. And then if it is low in iodine, eat some seaweed. And it's a great source of, of natural iodine. So, Next question is from Saris Alexander123. If circuit training sends the wrong signal, for example, cardio with weights, why do non-professional CrossFit athletes have very muscular bodies? Oh, good question, yeah. Sal. Yeah, did you this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, I just love to tackle this. You know what's funny is it's if anybody were to do uh, cleans, squats, yeah. deadlifts, overhead presses at the volume that CrossFitters do that on a weekly basis, you're all going to build it, regardless if you do it in a fucking cardio fashion or not. You're going to build There's a muscle. Yeah, you're going to build a muscular physique. Now, the now where I would challenge is if you take those exact same bodies that you're envisioning right now, mm. and they did way less cardio intense or trained the same amount of volume with more rest and better programming, they would be even more muscular. And is this also? athletes that came over into CrossFit that you're seeing. So like sort of the democratization of sport while you're seeing like uh, certain people gravitating towards uh, like certain activities in general, because my perspective is, is not the case. Like I see a lot more CrossFitters that have gone through it, had had decent results and then have completely fallen off. Listen, for every CrossFit athlete, that's not professional, but CrossFit athlete that you, that is ripped, it looks muscular. I'll show you 50 CrossFit members that don't look like they even work out. Now, yeah. this is not- That's a, what you see in like all gyms. This is not a knock uh, on people, okay? But uh, this is, uh, the problem with this is first off, 
the few that do get ripped on the insane type of exercise programming that uh, not all, but some of these CrossFit boxes have, it kind of selects the genetic anomalies that can actually recover and repair right. and build. Most people going through CrossFit eventually stop or have to stop because it's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much working out. It's too hard. Uh, maybe injury, overuse injury, the intensity. It's group training, which uh, makes it more difficult. Now, here's the deal. Of, and I'm seeing this more and more today than I ever did you know, even three or four years ago. More and more CrossFit boxes are being run by good coaches who understand this and who are training people much more appropriately. But this early is on, a valid point. Yeah. yeah, early on, it wasn't like that. Early on, you go to a CrossFit and they beat the crap out of you. It was like we're fucking going balls out. It's it's going to be crazy. And so I would get lots of people who come to me afterwards with injuries or burnout. It was very common for someone to come to me and, and you know want to hire me, and I'd ask them their exercise history, and they'd be like, "Well, I did." CrossFit for about a year. I burned myself out, and I, I stopped working out for you know for a year. Now I want to well, hire you. Not not only that, but also this you know perception of a, a body being more muscular. A lot of times is because they're leaner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember people thinking that I was the biggest I'd ever been when I was walking around at three four percent body fat, and by no means was it the biggest I've been. I was 30, 40 pounds bigger than that before, but people thought I was bigger because I was more muscular and more defined. And so if you're doing something that is high calorie burn and you're lean and you have a leaner body, you're going to look more muscular also. So take that. And that was my point of saying that those same bodies that you're looking at, if I got a hold of them, I could make them look much more muscular. Mm -hmm. If I rested them more, fed them more, and you can make them look bigger and more muscular than they already are. And like what Sal was saying, there's definitely this genetic component that's being involved that these people are able to handle this super high intensity Listen, and if, high volume if, of these type of if lifting movements. weights if lifting weights was purely relegated to bodybuilding and uh, physique compet competition and figure and bikini competition okay if it was like an umbrella like crossfit where the only way you'd lift weights is if you went and joined these you know weights clubs and everybody and then they compete in stage presentation sports your perception of people who lifted weights would be Oh man, everybody that follows this program looks like a bodybuilder or a physique competitor or a bikini competitor. That's not true. Some people do, but most people that lift weights look like everyday regular people. Why? Because you need good programming, you need good nutrition. It's not just the fact that it's the same thing, it's the same thing with CrossFit. This is the same exact thing. The people that tend to stand out and then you say, wow, you look really ripped. What do you do? I do CrossFit. Oh, everybody that does CrossFit looks like that. No, not at all. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'll, for every one, that I'll, I'll show you 50 right, right. that don't. I've been to at least a dozen well CrossFit. fuck we work, we work next to one yeah and we I, work next to one and we see we see 30 crossfit bodies a day yeah, yeah. and it's just they're regular people yeah. just regular people yeah. working out and it's still rare to see the really fit you know ripped person just like it's rare to see them you know anywhere else the the, the and instagram is a very bad example terrible example <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying like I, instagram will have you believing everybody looks like a cartoon character yeah, yeah, I, and the ones that last like you maybe they will be the specimens like you said like it's you know if you see like certain people that stay for like the long period they can genetically handle a yeah. lot of the stress i feel like they're trying to uh, cuz isn't glassman kind of moving away from the games a little bit 
Yeah, I, I feel like his efforts are more towards like the addressing, boxes. Yeah, or even just like uh, the soda companies, and he was like on this major push to kind of like go against like Coca Cola and mm. all these things. Who knows what the I, fuck they're I, doing? I, I, well, this is the. <laughs> I hope this is the approach. This is what we talked about, like episode four or something yeah. like that. Yeah, where I don't even know, care anymore. Yeah, I know I don't it's, care. It's, <laughs> it's relevant. Well, it's a yeah. it's a it's a sport. CrossFit is becoming irrelevant. Well, the yeah. the, the boxes finally the yeah. boxes need to treat it like a workout for people yeah. rather than treating it like a sport which when you train like for a sport it's always high performance all the time it was a great not- fad you had your your time right. you know what i mean let's fucking stop talking yeah. about it <laughs> Just move on. Stop. It's lame. I, I'm going to keep reiterating this because I want it to die. <laughs> oh my God. It'll never die. It's become a great sport, right? It's become, it's, it's just, it's what we said since the very beginning. Yeah. It's a, but it's, I, I think the, I think the peak is we've, I think it's starting. Oh yeah. No, no, no. We've definitely, yeah. we've definitely back to real sports. We've All definitely, right. we've definitely seen, uh, seen the peak of it. And I think that it's not only is it leveled off, but we're seeing the, the other the people coming back the other direction. Any sort of growth I think they're seeing right now is overseas more so than it is in the United States. I think as far as the United States is concerned i it's think flat. it's yeah i think it's pretty flat yeah. or even though in the other direction so i mean it is it's a it's a since we've day one we've talked about it i've got so much yeah. respect for the positive things that it's done in the health and fitness community no doubt i've never seen so many deadlifts and overhead presses and they, squat. they by themselves completely changed yeah, the culture which so i appreciate i got a lot of love a lot of respect for that um, and I, and I think that we've, we've said that enough times, uh, but at the same time too, it's very sport specific. It's, you know, it's lifting, lifting weights as a sport. It's yeah. not the best way. It's not even close to the best way to be healthy and in shape. I'm sorry. It just, it, it is not, it's not individualized enough. Anything that's and honestly, anything that's taught in a class, anything that's taught in a group of 20 to 30 to 50 people. And it's the same, it's, it's the same knock that I had on orange theory was you know cool it's it's a great group environment yes it probably makes people a little more consistent because they have this community that they have that they've created around it and they've made fun with the colors and all this stuff like that but at the end of the day what ends up happening is at one point a lot of these people end up getting injured or and set back or they they fuck their metabolisms up so much because they they push so hard and they don't they don't fuel and rest properly and then what happens is they they have these crazy swings of they're either on the wagon or off the wagon and when they're off they're fucking way deconditioned they're way out of shape God, and then, I've seen so many people um, women in particular and maybe mainly because of the female body is a little more sensitive to this but I I've, I've had people come to me and hire me who were 20 to 30 pounds overweight who were doing three or four CrossFit workouts a week, working out like crazy, trying to watch their diet and can't figure out why they can't lose weight. Now they're, now they have good stamina and stuff. You watch them work out, they can sweat and push their body, but they'd come to me and they'd be like, why am I not like losing weight? What's going on? Is this just my body? I'm like, your, your body's holding on to that. We need to completely change how you're training. And it's going to take us, you know, maybe six months to reverse what's happened, and I mean, it's it sucks when I say that. Well, the look it, on their faces, like, oh. well, what what when it what ends up happening, and it's just like what what I'd see at Orange Theory is the people that are most attracted to this way of working out are the worst ones to do it. That's the problem. The problem is if you really like that, there's a reason why you really like it. It feeds right into your personality. That's a very dangerous thing for the and before CrossFit existed. I mean, we, we pick on CrossFit, but 
you know, 15 years ago when I was coaching, like nobody knew what the fuck CrossFit was, was even around yet. And I, the issues that I would have is I would get a type A personality and instead of CrossFit, they circuit trained with weights and they did cardio hardcore yeah. and they were high stress jobs, yeah, type yeah. A personalities. Yeah. They were eating fucking 1300 calories and they come to me and they hire me and they're like, help me out. Like, and then what, you know what, how they want me to train them? They want me to crush them in yeah. the gym. They would I'm actually, like, they would actually say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not so I'm you know I push hard I do this I do that I want I, do. I want a really hard workout I want you to really push yeah. me it's like you don't want a trainer you want a you want a, a fucking motivator. drill sergeant they, you want a uh, drill sergeant I mean all this want. good stuff but they've also pissed like directly in uh you know the well for people that like want to actually train to get better at something do you know you know what I'm saying like no, explain it, what you mean by that okay so what I'm saying is in terms of like playing a sport they've also like. They, they've gone they've they've convoluted that whole process of like me working out to embedder myself to then see how that translates into my performance yeah that became the sport yeah which fucked everything up yeah so you know I, I know I'm gonna get some heat for that and I'm okay with it like I, <laughs> I really am at this point like people need to just get over it and, and like let's do something else next question is from Tara Sings. When should you do a superset, and what type of superset is best, and for what reason? Oh, more good questions. There. I love superset. Now, technically, you can superset whatever the hell you want. Um, you can even superset during a strength phase. I've actually done supersets where I'm doing very, very low reps, and the way I'll do a superset is I'll do a an explosive movement first, just to prime my my CNS, and then I'll go into the slow grinding heavy movement. So technically, you can do them anytime. Now, that being said, I think supersets are best used when you're trying to maximize a pump. If, if your goal in your workout is to try and get the most intense skin splitting pump. I only train them in our phase three of our programs. Yeah, that's, that's, where they, that's the only place we put them yeah. is in our, in our third, phases, third and fourth phases of our programs where we're, that's the goal. The goal is that what's called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So sarcoplasm, for people who don't know, represents all the non-muscle fiber structures within your muscle, which actually makes up a majority of your muscle. This includes water, glycogen, you know, capillaries, other structures that are not muscle fibers. And you can actually increase the amount of these. You, you do it temporarily every time you get a pump. When you get a pump, it's called sar uh, transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. It's, 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 it's getting bigger temporarily. You can increase and improve your, your muscle's ability to do this and perhaps have some long-lasting size effects by training this. And the pump itself has been tied to hypertrophy anyway. Just getting a pump itself has been tied to building more muscle. So that's one I, I loved using supersets for. But there's three different ways that I typically will, will incorporate a superset. There's three of my favorite, favorite ways of doing a superset. One is a pre-exhaust superset. So pre-exhaust superset is when I'll do an isolation movement first and then i'll do a compound movement next so like a chest fly you know with dumbbells and then go over to a barbell bench press right and it's for the same body part so the goal is to do the isolation movement for a major muscle group and then move to a compound movement so you're pre-exhausting that so like my quads let's say i want to hit my quads really hard i could do leg extensions or sissy squats which is more of an isolation movement really fatigue my leg my quads then go into barbell squats. Now I can call upon my hamstrings and my glutes and everything else to help me, but my quads are pretty fatigued from the first movement, and the pump I get is just 
absolutely insane. So that's that's one way to, to, to do a superset. The other way to do a superset that I really enjoy is like a, an antagonistic superset. And this is where, and this, believe it or not, is how I most often superset. And I typically will do this in my arm workouts regardless of when I'm what phase I'm in. And this is where you you hit one muscle and then you hit the opposing muscle right afterwards without any rest. That's tailing a compound set. We've talked about this before. Yeah, but yeah. It, you can still call it a superset, right? right? Superset, well, the old definition uh, that Weeder, he's the one that invented this term, I believe, was two exercises with no rest was his, was mm-hmm. his defini- definition. Although a compound set mean, would mean the same thing, mm-hmm. two things. So I, uh, uh, the kind that I'm talking about would be like a, a bench press to a barbell row would be a good example, chest and back. Or the way I like to do it, curls to an overhead tricep extension. So bicep and tricep. And I really like the way this feels. One of my best feeling, super, it's nice to have both sides of a, of a, of a body part feel pumped and, and engorged. It's, you know, my advice to somebody is to you know, evaluate your own training. And this is a tool, again, like many things that we talk about in your, you know, training, your training tool belt. And it should be used that way to where you're not doing it all the time. Now, I was notorious for doing this all the time. And I noticed a significant difference when I actually started to phase this and and do it like we do now, where I only run it for three to four weeks. I incorporate them into my training regimen and then I'm out of it. And then I come back. About way them. more effective. And I've noticed it. Now, the biggest thing that I noticed, and so if you're listening and this could be you, like I loved supersetting. I used to almost superset everything that I did in all my workouts is what I would notice is I would get, I could, man, when I was pumped in the gym, I just would, I would grow. I feel like I looked amazing. I got really good at, at being able to get these massive pumps but then I felt like I would deflate when I left the gym. And then I felt like, man, sometimes I look like I don't even really work out that much. This sucks, but I look great when I'm all pumped up. If I could only just look the way I, I, I looked when I, and then, and when I think about it now, like the, understanding the science behind it, you know, it's exactly what you said, Sal, is I got really good at the ability to maximize the pump and to be able to fill all that fluid in those muscle bellies and look really pronounced and large. But then the, my actual muscle fibers hadn't grown and gotten that much bigger from it. And when I started to really strength train and drop into those, you know, singles, doubles, triples, and five five repetition type of training with rest periods, and I started to, and this is we talk about this like, what is that? And we call this like dense or grainy type of, type of look. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have to be as pumped up, and I can see my yeah. my my muscle definition more than I ever have in my life. And that to me was because I abused this technique and I, w- I was drawn to the pump and the superset. So, you know, and then the reverse is true. If you're somebody who loves the strength train and you love the three minute rest periods and you never chase after the pump and you never superset, oh, yeah, watch what happens. This will be an incredible tool for you to incorporate in your training. So you just have to really evaluate are you somebody who loves doing this so much because you love chasing the pump and you probably overuse it and abuse it, you need to probably cycle out of it and allow yourself not to train that way for a few weeks. And if you're the other uh, the other other side, it, we always tend to gravitate yeah. to one's the other. So think oh, of it like that. This is something I'm always trying to implement because I, I won't do it. Right, you're the so, opposite. Yeah, but I love the effects that it brings uh, once I start to kind of train that way and you get that different stimulus and it's really important to schedule that. Otherwise, yeah, I will fall 
directly back into my old uh, patterns and then uh, you're just going to stay the same. Man, and for sports, you know, supersets, and they don't call them supersets in sports. I think, the, what do they call them? Like complexes and yeah, and clusters or whatever. And, and for sports, you can use great, these are great for performance. Uh, they're great to build strength and endurance. So like a good example of a, a superset that I would do with an athlete would be uh, to like drive the sled and then do some squats or vice versa, do some squats yep. and then drive the sled or uh, do some heavy deadlifts and then throw a medicine ball uh, yep. up as high as you can. Box or, jumps into squats. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're great for performance. God, back in the day, man, when I was, you get away with so much when you're in your twenties, I swear to God, yep. just, your body's indestructible. Some of the workouts that we would do with supersets were just silly. Yeah. They were just absolutely. I would do these because <laughs> the, the third, the third type of superset, which you could technically call it a superset, but it's really called a strip set or a drop set, yeah. or drop set, is where you go from you know you do as many as you can with one weight and then you drop to a lighter weight. Remember doing that with a leg I press? Done that a long you doing time. that with a leg press when you were a kid? You'd oh, stack up ten bro. plates on each and side, go all the way down to and nothing. all the way down to nothing. Oh my god, oh, that was horrible. Oh, we would I do loved doing that with the bench press. So, uh, it was great. Or or just curls. Go to the gym, grab your heaviest dumbbells you could do five reps with and then I'd go old you know so I'd start with like 50 pound dumbbells and I'd go all the way down the rack until I got down to five pound dumbbells I haven't so, done that so long oh yeah. and it's I'm just gonna do that today I haven't done that so long <laughs> and see this is the thing that makes you feel like I want to fucking do, and right, I, me too I, I get excited talking about know. it it's, the thing is this like this would be a great time for me to do that I haven't done that in years like what a great what a great stimulus for my body. The problem is, you know, back when I used to do it, I used to do it all the time. You know, it used to be like a, a thing that I did all the time. And I think that that's a, the takeaway for people when you talk about supersets, drop sets, compound sets, mm -hmm. any of these, you know, training to failure, like a lot of things that we talk about. There's lots of benefits to all those things when you intermittently put them into your routine. You just got to be careful with what happens is when you intermittently put them in your routine and then you see a response, you're like, whoa, I felt, I feel stronger. I look better. Then what do we do? We fall in love with it. And then we continue to do it all the time into our routine. The body adapts to it. And then you, you the results that you were getting, like you got from the beginning when you were intermittently doing it begin to diminish. So being aware enough to know, okay, am I doing this a lot? And typically anything that you do beyond three to four weeks when strength training, the body tends to get pretty adapted. And there's going to be individual variants. Some people can get away with it for five or six weeks. Some people can probably only do it for two or three weeks and they started to see diminish. But that's why, and that's why we phased all the MAPS programs in that range of the three to four week range is that's kind of the sweet spot we found with clients is, you know, transitioning out of using that technique. So if you're training to failure, you're drop setting, you're supersetting, you're doing any of these things, you know, don't really allow yourself to do it much longer than about three or four weeks before you kind of phase it's, out it's of that. It's definitely not the staple. Shouldn't be the staple. Right. Next question is from Hecka Stubborn. Have you ever gone through a period where you lost your passion or motivation for working out? Any advice for how to get it back? Mm. Yes. This, ha this has happened to me a lot. And what has got me back into it is changing my focus. So a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll have a goal in mind that is important to me for whatever reason at that time. And then I'll either want to achieve that goal or I'll just get tired of just chasing that all the time. And then it results in me not caring anymore. So I love to challenge my body in different ways. One of the things recently that you've heard on the podcast, if you've been listening for a long time, um, I really took the mobility thing to like a whole nother level for me because I had never 
set a goal like that. It had never been a, a major goal like, you know, how mobile can I take my un, in my immobile ass and see, and instead of like measuring my aesthetics, you know, because right before that, my main goal was like, how amazing can I make my body look and get on stage and present it and win plastic trophies? And that was fun while it lasted. But I couldn't, like, I don't, if you look at me now, I don't look anything like I look like when I got on stage. And I don't care because it's not my goal. I've had other goals. And so I love to set new goals that are completely different. I think we tend to get so caught up in this, either the scale or how we look. And that's normally the driver for almost everybody who goes to the gym. But set different types of goals, you know? Yeah, it's the perfect time, I feel, for me to learn something new, like in terms of yeah, a or a skill. Skill, or yeah, like like Mace Bell or this is what got me into a lot of this unconventional style training, just because uh moving my body in a different way and also trying to just learn all the little nuanced things that are involved with unconventional training. And I know that that's probably a deterrent for some people. Uh, because they just want it to be super straightforward. I just want dumbbells. I just want a barbell. It's nice and you know balanced. But uh, like I like to challenge my body in new ways, try new types of moves where I have to twist, a turn, um, and really challenge my body. And so I could get fixated on something like that real easily. But I go through these. I go through periods like this all the time where I'm like. You know, I, I'm bored. I'm bored training. What am I going to do next? And so that's, you know, if you could find something like an event or something to kind of stimulate, well, uh, you know, that back. Even even like a single move. So I, I, yeah, had, this, I, had, move. I had this discussion with Taylor and Enzo just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I love talking to Taylor because Taylor does not have a passion for lifting weights. The guy keeps keeps his diet in check. He's got abs. He stays lean. He's he can fit in his skinny jeans. He don't give a fuck about building a bunch of muscle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't care. Like it's not as he as long as he's healthy. He wants to be healthy, and he is healthy. And so for him, it, he says like, man, it's so Adam. Sometimes I just I don't feel like going to the gym and do that. I was like, don't treat going to the gym always like you have to follow like our maps program. Like sometimes. You, Taylor, if you want, like, I, I taught him a Turkish get up. Right. And they'd never done it before. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, go he to the gym. He's trying to me to look at it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's getting better. Right. Yeah. So I go, you know what? When you come and you have those days, like, just do the do a whole hour of perfecting your Turkish get up and get it. And he's like, I could do that. I'm like, of course you could do that. And there's so much great carryover from a movement like that incorporates your entire body. And it actually is it's very mentally stimulating for people that that seek novelty, like most of us do, most of us humans do. So instead of always having to chase this aesthetic goal or this weight loss goal or a weight gain goal or the way I look in the mirror, you know, pick a skill, pick a mace, pick up a kettlebell, pick up a, a learn how to do a Turkish get up and I'll spend a whole hour on a move and perfecting the windmill or doing something like that. And for me, it's really refreshing when you've been doing what we've been doing for as long as we have. Like to me, I've already proven I can build the most aesthetic physique. I've already proven I can increase my vertical. I can already proven I can increase my deadlift, my squat. I've done all those things. And so Sometimes I don't give a shit about any of those things, and so I, I'll pick something that I'm not good at. Like when you taught us the windmill, I'd never done the windmill mm -hmm. three years ago. I went on a kick for like six months where that was like the staple move I did. Like I just yeah, I did that with bent press. It was just right. like it was just fascinating to see where you could go with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think yeah, that's a great great piece of advice. You know, it's funny when I hear that. For me, it's it's a little bit different. But I, you know, I started at 14, and really, really quickly, I fell completely in love with. With lifting weights, I really, really did. And it quickly became something that I enjoyed doing for the sake of doing it, which is how I've been for now for, like I said, since I was 14 years old. So even till this day, 
working out for me, even if I don't get results out of it or if I don't progress, I just like doing it. Uh, I just like doing it for the sake of doing it. And I think if you can get to the place where you enjoy doing it for the sake of doing it, then you're probably going to find yourself be consistent uh, more often than not because you just you just enjoy doing it. The other thing too is that resistance training has changed for me throughout the years uh, in in terms of its utility. At some points, the utility of resistance training for me was to build muscle. Uh, other times, it was to get leaner. At other times, it was to help me get through stress. Um, other times it was for rehab. Other times it was to help me get better for jujitsu. But it's never, ever, ever left uh, my side. I've never stopped resistance training for any really length of period of time, except for when I've had, like, I had shoulder surgery and I couldn't lift weights or whatever. That was pretty much it. I can't think of any other time. But I, my experience with it is just, it's very different. It's just something that it's one of my absolute favorite things to do to this day. One of my favorite things to do is work out in a hotel gym or work out in a weird gym, or work out in my garage, or work out here. Like I can find enjoyment out of those things. Well, you've, so it's a, you've also learned, and you're really good at this, and it's something you teach on the show all the time, is you've done a really good job of connecting what resistance training does in all the other aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you look at it different, and I think a lot of people struggle with this. Yeah, if you always look at it as building muscle, getting lean, you know, getting strong, at some point you're not going to progress anymore in the gym. And then what are you going to do? Like, it's going to be totally boring. It's going to mm-hmm. suck for you. So it's just, it's, and you, you touched on this, Adam, about changing your goal. That's exactly what people need to do with uh, resistance training or with exercises. Change their goal constantly. But then you, you, you can get to a point where you stop needing goals. And that's the ultimate, uh, I think, stage is when you don't need any goal anymore. Yeah. You just enjoy it for the sake of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be like saying, like, what's your goal for watching a movie? Like, I don't have a goal. I yeah. just enjoy doing it. Well, that's the, that's the place you want to get with resistance training. Now, does that mean that I don't have workouts that I enjoy way more than others? Of course not. There's workouts that I fucking love, and then there's some workouts that are just like whatever, but I still enjoy it more than not, than not doing it. Oh, yeah. I look at it as it's just good for my body. You know, and Every day I just want to do things that are good for my body. And so it's like getting out in nature, like relaxing, but also I need to challenge my body. And that's what's going to keep my body resilient mm. and healthy and moving forward. And so I just want to, I want to get stronger. I reevaluate kind of where my deficiencies will lie and just, just hopping back in the weights always feels yeah. good. One of the hardest times to work out is when you feel, when you don't feel fit or your body's not responding. This was, this happened to me after you know, back in the day, I used those over-the-counter designer steroids, and I remember going off of them, and your body's not producing testosterone. You go to the gym, and instead of getting stronger or even maintaining, you're just getting weaker every workout. So imagine that, right? Imagine you go to the gym every day in your training, and every day that you train, you got to go lighter and lighter and lighter. Yeah. You're not getting a good pump. That was really yeah, rough. Sucks. But what, what brought me through that period was realizing that it was better that I did it than I didn't. Mm-hmm. And also, again, put your headphones on or whatever. Get into your thoughts, get into the weights, and just enjoy it for the sake of, of doing it. And this is a mindset that you can adopt with a lot of different things that will get you to do a lot of different things, like chores. You can get you could start to change your perception of what you're doing to the point where you enjoy it for the sake of doing it, and you'll find that you'll be more consistent with those with those types of things. But Motivation is a is a tough one because you're not always going to be motivated. So it's got to be beyond motivation. Yeah, it can't just be, 
you know, uh, motiv- at some point you're not going to be motivated. And then what are you going to do? Otherwise, you're on the uh, on the wagon, off the wagon. That's sort of like balance that you're always playing. Yeah, and that you know what, a, a bad workout done consistently is going to give you better results than a great workout that's done inconsistently. So consistency is probably the most important factor when it comes to being active. And with that, look, go to mindpumpfree.com. Go check out what we have that we're offering for free to our audience. So it's mindpumpfree.com. Get on there. There's about 12 guides. They're all free. You can get all of them. They cost you nothing at all. Also, you can find us all on Instagram. My Instagram page is mindpumpsal. Adam is mindpumpadam. And Justin is mindpumpjustin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.